All right. Amen. How are we? Good morning, y'all. You doing all right? Good deal. Kids, welcome to Big Church. We are glad that you are here with us this morning. All right. Uh, Before we actually get started, let me just go ahead and say uh, it is a blessing. Even uh, kids are honestly a sign of a healthy church in a lot of ways. When we first started, at the end of our first year, we averaged 2.4 kids, okay, when the year was done. That doesn't mean that we had like a .4 kid running around. I mean, sometimes we had three, sometimes we had two, right? But uh, now we're uh, at like 30 kids on a Sunday, and like 30 of y'all are pregnant. And so, This is an awesome thing, and God has just been uh, doing it, and so that is cool. And so uh, people who are not used to being around kids, all right, they make noise, okay, sometimes weird noises, all right, and it will be all right. So if one starts running down the aisle, it's all good, okay, they might just catch the Holy Ghost. That's what's happening right there, okay? Uh, During worship, they might be Pentecostal and dance around. Man, they can disciple you in that, all right? So let them disciple you too today. And then parents, okay, if if you are a parent in here, I want you to breathe and to relax, all right? We know that your kids are in here. Uh, My daughter is sitting right there looking at me like I'm crazy for being up on stage, and she'll probably break something before the day's done. So it's all good, all right? We we get it. It's okay. We're we're, we're glad that we're here worshiping, uh, and then we can learn something from the kids kids, honestly, enjoy, and then hopefully they can learn from us as we uh, disciple them into worship and make sure that we're worshiping God, that they would see what it looks like for a congregation of believers to sing out their praises to our God together. Amen? All right. So here's a bold statement. You ready? Uh, I am aiming for a 10 to 12-minute sermon today. All right? I uh, see this, this, this shows you how many people are at the well on a consistent basis. Some of y'all think I can't do that, okay? So here's what's going to happen. Either uh, the kids are going to learn diligence today, and that will be good, or they will learn why it's bad to offer false promises, because then they'll just be sitting here listening to me longer. So I'm going to try to do it, all right? So we are celebrating our fourth year today at the well, uh, and that is a good thing to celebrate, Amen. Um, oftentimes at year four is actually where you see uh, most churches close their doors that don't really make it because uh, you just kind of get tired of running and running and running. It's a hard task to do, and yet we're healthier today than we've ever been. And so this is a, a beautiful and, and, and an awesome thing. We went from 11 people, as everybody's mentioning, in a crickety room with a hot fan, all right, into today with crickety lights. But that's all right. We're still here, right? And so this is a cause for celebration, and that's what we want to do today. And so uh, we're going to end service a little bit earlier than we normally do today. Uh, And so don't just dart out of here because of that, okay? I know the Cowboys are on. They're not going to be good this year anyway, all right? And so uh, stay in here, all right? This is time for us to be able to fellowship together and just to rejoice at what God is doing. So listen, if this is your first Sunday, man, this is actually an awesome Sunday because we'll end early and you'll get to kind of hang out with some people and connect with them. If you're newer, man, connect. If this is your 200th Sunday, man, tell awesome stories about what God is doing, just like Andrew did, as we'll see in some other stories. Like, it's a good thing to remember the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives. And so uh, make sure that you are doing that. Okay. Don't know what's going on with that light, but that's all right. Uh, That's my warning. I know I'm three minutes in. I'm watching. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Let me ask a question. Okay. For all the kids in here. Okay. Do you guys like parties? There was one adult that answered and one kid, all right? Let me actually ask it in reverse. Is, does any kid in here not like parties? All right, okay, nobody in here. Do you know why that is? Does any adult in here not like parties? All right, okay, there's like two of you. 
I'll, I'll, I'll disciple you this morning, all right? And so uh, it's not the getting cake, okay, that makes parties good. It's not the getting presents. It's not the friends or the family. All of those things are good, and they kind of add into what makes a party. But the reason why you, if you are a kid or an adult even, usually like celebration is because God has hardwired it into you to desire that, to desire to celebrate. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. That means that we are like God in our nature and in our being. We act like God. And do you know what the first emotion that we see from God is? In Genesis chapter 1, he makes something and he says, it is good. Okay, now, I don't know how many of you in here are creators and you make things, but when you are done making something, you don't just go, that's good. And that's it, right? Like, if it's good and it's truly good, like, you're kind of taking pleasure in that. You're taking joy in that. You are celebrating what you have made. And so, literally, one of the first emotional responses that we see from the God of the universe is that he is a celebratory God. Then it says that we were made in his image and likeness. This is why we, as a people, actually like to and desire to celebrate, to rejoice when things are going well. We are actually commanded even by God to do that. Let's look at our text this morning in Psalm 150. Uh, this is the only text that we'll use today, so we don't have the sermon app as usual. Uh, this is the only one we're going to look at today, but there's, it's all throughout Scripture. Psalm 150. It says, praise the Lord. Notice how many times it says praise in this psalm, okay? Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I love that we're praising God for what he has done and just for who he is. Praise him for his deeds, his hands, the things that he's done, and praise him for who he is, just his greatness and who he is in and of himself. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right? Praise God. This is a command in Scripture. And so you like to celebrate for a reason, and it's because God himself is a celebratory God. In fact, as you look throughout Scripture, you see God actually celebrating all over the place. In Matthew, it says that God celebrates whenever a sinner comes into repentance. When somebody gets saved, when they exit darkness into light, it says that God is celebrating. It's actually a common myth that a lot of people believe that that Scripture says that the angels are dancing before God in heaven. That's not true. The angels are confused about salvation. Second Peter would tell us they're learning from us about what salvation means. It says that he, God, is the one that's dancing before the angels. So this holy God that we just sung about, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. This put together perfect God is actually dancing with celebration when somebody gets saved. We even see it in the story of the prodigal son. When the prodigal comes back home, the father runs out and he throws a what? A party, right? In the Old Testament, when Ezra finds the law, they celebrate. When the Israelites cross the Red Sea, they celebrate. And I could go on and on and on with scriptural examples. We see all throughout scripture the, uh, uh, the desire, the desire, the even commands to celebrate at times, okay? Parents, how would you like to have a whole week off just to celebrate? Yeah, all right, I get a couple amens from that. Look, y'all are usually quiet, and now you're amening that one, right? Okay, what about a whole month off just to celebrate? That's all, like you just celebrate, have parties, fun, yeah? 
okay? What about like a whole year? Like what if you got paid for your work still, you still had everything that you wanted, your insurance, all that stuff, but you just got to have a year to celebrate. Would anybody be down for that? Okay, so you're lying, all right? Kids, don't be like your parents and lie, okay? Because here's actually what happens. God gave the Israelites an opportunity to do just that. All throughout the Old Testament, he would set up these uh, uh, laws for these festivals where they were supposed to just celebrate. And there were some that lasted about a week and they were supposed to celebrate. There were some that lasted like a month or a season and they were supposed to celebrate. There were some that was supposed to last for a whole entire year. And do you know what they did? They worked. Why? Why do we do that? Here's what I think. I think that the kids are in the service today, not just so you can hear them, but so that as you hear them, you realize, man, they are celebrating. And as we get older, what happens is life hits us, right? Like, like hard things hit us. Sometimes sins hit us that we can't really avoid. It's not even we're always the ones sinning. Sometimes we are sinned against and it hurts. Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes busyness just happens. Sometimes life just happens and all these things start crowding in. And what happens is we forget one of the very things that we were designed to do, which was to celebrate. God has hardwired. He has engineered this into us. Why? Because one day, friends, we are going to celebrate forever with our king. That's what we are going to do. See, on this earth, celebration is nothing more than a foretaste and a foreshadow of the celebration that we will have one day with Christ. Do you know that when we get to heaven, it says that Jesus will actually prepare our first meal. And if Jesus is the one cooking, you know it's dang good, right? He's going to be the one that prepares our first meal. It says that Jesus goes and he treads the wine presses. So if you're a kid or a Baptist, that's a special adult drink, okay? Um, I'm totally kidding there, all right? That was a low blow, sorry. Okay, right? So, so like there, there's, a, there's a celebration going on right when we get to heaven. Why? Because all the suffering that plagues us here on earth is no more, and we get to actually see Jesus for the fullness of who he is. All of our emotions, all the things that crowd our minds, all the sin that affects us, we actually get to see our king forever, and he gets to see us for who we really are. That's a beautiful thing that we don't normally think about. But it says, we'll be washed with the blood of the lamb, washed whiter than snow. He will receive his bride pure and spotless. You and I who believe in Jesus will have no more sin. And Jesus will get his bride and we will get our groom and we will be together forever celebrating. In heaven, let me dispel this myth. Heaven is not like some place where you go and you get angel wings and a harp and and, and a halo and you just sing old Latin hymns all day. All right, that's not what heaven is. What we see in heaven is this celebration going on of, of the saints and the king, of all the angels around the throne where we get to worship God forever. We were hardwired, engineered to celebrate because in our very DNA is this foretaste of heaven that for those who believe in Jesus will get to have forever. This is a beautiful thing. And so today what we can do is we can get a small little snapshot of that. Right? We can see him for who he is, even just a little bit, that as we sing out worship, realizing, man, one day we will sing with the saints, and we'll actually all finally have good voices instead of just nine people on stage, right? Like, like we'll, get to, we'll get to play out to God. We'll get to worship him in our work, in our, in our celebration, in our relationships, in everything that we do. There will be no more sin, and we will get to be with him forever. Listen, you should long for that day. 
Now, that doesn't mean there's not a place for mourning. Scripture makes it really clear. There's a time to mourn. Amen. That's true. There are bad things that happen. We need to understand that. We need to be there for each other. But even in the midst of the mourning, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so even in the midst of our suffering, if we as a people learn how to celebrate the good things that God has done, it actually sometimes helps us walk through that suffering with more hope, with more joy that one day all things will be made right and we will be with our king. Amen? I'm watching. I'm at eight minutes. We're doing good. All right? And so that's what we ought to do as a people of God is to celebrate the good things that God has done in our life, to rejoice with him. And that's what we want to do today. That's why we have a choir that we would sing even louder than we normally sing today. That's why we have cake after service, that we can eat cake because every good birthday party has cake. And we want the parents to have their kids driving them crazy on the way home to work on their sanctification, all right? And so we have all these things to be able to celebrate today, all right? And so I don't want to take away from our time in that. uh, And I want to be able to rejoice together, which is why this sermon is the shortest that the well will maybe ever do, all right? But I want to be able to rejoice together and to celebrate the good things that God has done. Y'all, God is doing an astounding and a fascinating work in the midst of our church. If you've been here for more than just four or five weeks, you've probably at least seen small snippets and small tastes of that. Y'all, God is forming together a really weird and unique people group. Like you're weird, right? Like you can admit that. Like we're kind of weird when we all collectively gather together, but gathered together, as Andrew said, we get to see a full picture of God. That is a beautiful thing. I love you guys. Man, God is, God is really moving in the midst of things that are going on. And so I rejoice in that. I want to rejoice in that together. And not only am I excited about the past four years, but honestly, I'm even that much more excited because of those four years at the next four years to come and to see what God is gonna do in the midst of a broken people trying to make much of Jesus' name, amen? I love you guys. Let's pray.